All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. My name is Dave Guadrelli. That is Harmon Dial, and it's a game day, so this is a pre-game edition of Canucks Conversation, and we are coming to you remotely today. As always, Canucks Conversation is brought to you by the 2023 Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X is Toyota's brand new all-electric SUV that's designed to go the distance for you and your family. The BZ4X is packed with Toyota's coolest tech, but it still has that trusty SUV feel you know and love. And even though it's electric, it's capable of effortlessly conquering any terrain. Whether it's rain, snow, mud, or your friend's questionable post-game recaps, the BZ4X will get you through it all. All right, Chicago tonight, Harm. Uh, lots to get to. Jeff Patterson's going to join us. Don't have a ton of info from the morning skate in Chicago, but one thing that it seems like we're going to see tonight is Elias Lindholm playing with Niels Huglander and Elias Patterson on the Canucks' second line. Yeah, so this was, I believe, from our pal Erfan Gafar. He tweeted out that he wonders if the Canucks are going to roll with an all-Swedish line. And to clarify, I don't know if he's just thinking out loud and speculating there or if he's actually reporting that, but we can at least discuss the possibility of it and whether it makes sense because since Lindholm has arrived, I still don't think the Canucks have found their perfect top six combination because, of course, against Detroit, the Pedersen line was outstanding. But the Miller-Lindholm-Besser combination just wasn't creating much offense. They looked a bit slow. They weren't really dynamic. Even sometimes when they would recover the puck in the offensive zone, it felt like they were simply resorting to having to send the puck back to the points and they weren't able to penetrate the slot and get those in-tight looks that Miller and Besser were able to connect on for much of this season. So... Uh, it wasn't until the second period of that Washington game where they created some rush looks and you're like, okay, finally they're noticeable. So I am curious to see whether 
coming off a win and Miller, of course, having the OT winner, whether they're going to stick with the current combos and give it an extended run or whether they will sort of tinker things up a little uh, a little bit more and, and bump Lindholm up to play with uh, Hoaglander and Patterson. Because look, at this point, you know, the one constant you want is Patterson and Hoaglander, given how well Hoaglander has played, scoring, scoring back-to-back. And Miller and Besser has been a constant throughout the entire season. So the only question really with the top six right now is, are you going to slot Suter with the Miller line or with Pedersen? And let's keep in mind Suter, I think was doing a pretty adequate job of, uh, of meshing with Miller and Besser. So I wouldn't be opposed to him bumping back and, and playing with those guys. You mentioned that the Canucks haven't found their top six fit since acquiring Elias Lindholm. I would also say they haven't found the right fit for Elias Lindholm yet. And it's funny because I think we're on the cusp of finding it. Like, I think we're about to see it if we see the all-Swedish line tonight, Harmon. And that's because you just mentioned that Niels Huglander and Elias Pedersen are coming out as a pairing. Nobody thought that was going to happen when the Canucks acquired Elias Lindholm. We were talking about how Elias Lindholm was going to be the perfect fit with Elias Pedersen. These three together should provide a lot of offense they should be able to be somewhat responsible in that two-way game and I'm I'm very curious what it looks like for Elias Lindholm tonight who look he scored two goals on the power play when he made his Canucks debut against Carolina on the 6th of February he's gone three games without a point now and I just I, I look at that and say okay like he's somebody that needs to find the right fit like the Canucks need to find the right fit for him so maybe this trio if we see it tonight uh, will be a trio that hits. Like I said, Jeff Patterson's going to join us soon. Um, he wrote about uh, he wrote about this at Canucks Army as well. He wrote about uh, everything you need to know about the game for Morning Skate. So we'll try not to do too much in terms of the game itself. But before we kind of move on here, Harm, what are you expecting from the Chicago Blackhawks tonight? Yeah, well, they've been stingy defensively. They've It's funny, they've lost their last four games in a row, but during that time, they've only surrendered 10, 10 goals against, which is two and a half per game. So their problem is they can't generate any offense, but you also have to remember the context of the Canucks are at the end of this long road trip. Chicago has had three days off. They're going to be rested. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be sharp from the Canucks perspective. The biggest key is going to make sure that they go into the game with the mindset that creating offense is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. You're not just going to be able to snap the puck around uh, easily and, and break the offense down. And I think we remember from the last time the Canucks played Chicago. Um, I mean, look, it was easy to get the first couple goals, but afterwards Chicago was really able to ki- kind of tighten up and it wasn't, it wasn't Vancouver's best performance. So they're going to have to make sure that they have their work boots on and understand that you're going to have to be full out on the four check. It's going to have to be max capacity there it's going to have to be a workmanlike type performance. You're not just going to cut through them easily just because they're, just because they're the Chicago Blackhawks, Um, especially because the last thing you'd want is frustration in the sense of maybe it's difficult to get looks inside the slot. And then for whatever whatever reason, maybe Chicago gets a fluky uh, goal. And now all of a sudden they're able to kind of park the bus even, uh, even more so. Look, the Canucks should win this game, even though there's a difference in terms of uh, the rest differential. Um, but they're they just can't take them lightly. I, I know it's such a cliche, but really against Chicago, they are such a blue collar workmanlike type team where they're not going to just 
like roll out a red carpet and give you a bunch of time and space. I was thinking about this today, Harm, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I made the mistake because what came to mind was I saw the CFL, the Montreal Alouettes, who won the Grey Cup this year. They tweeted at the Kansas City Chiefs and they're like, hey, let's have a world championship. And obviously they would get creamed, like they would get crushed against all of the backups on the Chiefs. But anyways, um, I made the mistake of asking myself, couldn't could like the best team in the AHL beat the Chicago Blackhawks in a game? And the answer is no. The answer is no. I thought about it. The answer is no. There's no way. But then I was like, okay, the AHL All-Stars, could they beat the Chicago Blackhawks? I think there'd be a game there, especially with hockey. Like hockey is such a game of chance. There might you might you might get a good game if you put the AHL All-Star team, Clay Stevenson between the pipes. Man, you might you might have a, you might have a game on your hands. But I, I don't know. I think about this because every year that the Super Bowl is won, they're like could the worst team in the uh, could the worst team in the the NFL beat the best college team? And the answer is always yes. The, NFL, the the worst team in the NFL could still smoke the best college football team every year. Not going to change. And I, look, I feel like we have this debate every single year, especially uh, our friends down south. But I was just thinking about the Chicago Blackhawks and what AHL team could beat them. Well, without Connor Bedard, I mean, it is really bleak. I mean, you look at their top six on uh, on paper. It's Felino, Kurashev, Johnson, Colin Blackwell, Jason Dickinson, and Joey Anderson. I mean, you could probably construct an AHL all-star top six that's on par. <laughs> Let's be honest. It'd be really, really close. Uh, the difference would be on the on the blue line, Vlasic and Jones are top four defensemen at a, at a true NHL standard. So I don't, I don't know if you could quite catch up there. But yeah, I mean... It'd be competitive. The Blackhawks would be better on paper still, but it, it'd be a good game. All right. Let's not make them wait any longer. We got to get to our uh, four wins. And I want Jeff's pick too. So Jeff, I'm sure you hear me. I want your first pick because Vancouver's playing Chicago tonight. And we want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the four wins tap room located at 72nd and river road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will like the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks army or at Canucks combo on Twitter at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram and Canucks army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about four wins light lager at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwinsbrewing.ca. Let's get to Jeff, who is brought to you by Greta. But I'll tell you about our watch party after because Jeff unfortunately can't be there. And I know it's a sensitive topic because Jeff wanted to be there, um, but he can't make it, which is fine. It's fine. Can't make it on the 22nd. It's going to be a going to be a fun time, Jeff, but I know you already know that. Hey, um... Chicago yeah, but I'm on assignment. Like, no, like, don't leave the people that weren't here last week. I'm going to Seattle for the game, which is a pretty cool assignment as they go. But if I wasn't, if I was in the country, uh, I would be there because uh, it sounds like it'll be fun. But uh, you have you've assigned me to go cover uh, this Vancouver Canuck Hockey Club uh, out of town. So unfortunately, cannot be in two places at once. And by the way, just for the purposes of this uh, hit this afternoon, just pretend I'm wearing a black hoodie. Okay. <laughs> A Canucks army hoodie too. Like, look at this. We we both they're not just black hoodies. They're both matching Canucks army hoodies. And we gotta get you one. We gotta get you one. And I got accused last week. I'm not sure if you saw this, Jeff. I got accused last week when we explained that you were going to be in Seattle of not wanting to get big timed at the event. So I moved you out of the country at the time of the event. I told you that you had to go to. That's not how it went down. That is not how it went down at all. I I, I was hoping you'd be there. But anyways, I digress. Um, 
Can you answer our question, Jeff, that we were just throwing around? The Chicago Blackhawks, would they lose to an AHL All-Star team? Well, haven't the Milwaukee Admirals, I think, uh, Nashville Farm Teams won like 15 in a row or something. So that's the matchup I want to see right now is the Milwaukee Admirals against... Is Cody Hodgson still playing for the Milwaukee Admirals or is that... Uh... Is, is that still a thing? I kind of lost track. I was about of. to ask you. I was hoping yeah. you would know the answer. Yeah, I don't. Uh, but uh, I know that they, they've been on fire. So that's your team uh, that would put up the best fight against the Chicago Blackhawks. Still think there's enough NHLers in the Blackhawks lineup that they would probably win. But you're right. You know, one game on a bounce, great goaltending, whatever. Who knows? But I think if uh, I was a betting man, I, I'd still put my money on the NHL team to beat an American Hockey League team. Jeff, the Canucks have had four games since the All-Star break. They've been 2-1-1. One, and one. Uh, What are your biggest takeaways from the team since the All-Star break? That it's been a lot like the five-game homestand before, where there were long stretches where they didn't play their best, but there's enough talent, there's enough game-breakers that you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. And you saw that. The other, like, that might have been the quietest JT Miller game all season in Washington. But they turn the puck over with five seconds to go and boom, it's in the back of the net. JT has two points on this road trip. They've both broken two all ties and turned into the game winner. Like, it happened in Carolina in the third period and overtime in Washington. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would push it back to that homestand and say, really, they're in a 10-game run where they haven't dominated anybody. They've fallen behind in six straight, including all four on the road trip. So the last time they went wire to wire to win a game was uh, the 2 nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks at home. Um, there's room for improvement. But I think you're seeing that, you know, a guy like Elias Lindholm gets traded. He's in the midair from Cabo to Calgary, picks up his belongings, goes to the All-Star game, and then joins his team out on the road. They haven't had any practices because they played four and six nights right out of the break. So, you know, and, and they've got another busy week coming up here. I think for Elias Lindholm, it's going to continue to be trying to just find his fit on this team on the fly until they get to the month of March where things settle down and there'll be more practice time. So I, I think Carm, through it all, I just kind of, again, like the homestand where they went 4-0-1 and didn't play their best you kind of have to tip your cap to these guys and they find a way. And Thatcher Demko was terrific in Washington the other day, liked the second period in Detroit, didn't like the fact that they squandered a, a two goal lead there. The Boston game, they flushed, but they've built up enough equity that they're allowed to have a bad game. And I actually thought they played reasonably well early on in the Carolina game. And then we're holding on a little bit in the third period. So I'd like to see them get back to being that team that barnstormed through the New York and New Jersey area, Pittsburgh on the previous road trip. But Maybe these are the dog days. Maybe this is integrating a new player into the lineup and they're still trying to find their fit. You know, they had a power play with three minutes to go and a two-all tie the other day in Washington. Would have liked to have seen them put the hammer down there. The power play has gone a little too quiet on the road trip. So there are areas, that, not areas of concern, just areas that can be better and you hope over time will be better. But it is hard to argue. If they get a win tonight, and they should, they're coming home with seven of a possible 10 points. And if this is another one of these, you know, stretches where they're scuffling, then man, this is what a world we're living in where, you know, seven out of 10 points somehow is considered a disappointment for the Vancouver Canucks. I'm trying feverishly to figure out what the hell happened to Cody Hodgson. Okay. So he played two games for the Admirals. He got two penalty minutes, zero shots on or one shot on goal, excuse me, no points. But his last game was like the end of January, it looks like. Like January 22nd was his last game. I have no idea. What is going on? 
Well, when I'm in Seattle, when I'm in Seattle next week, I'll just swing by Nashville and see if uh, he's back home there, and see if I can get. I'll get to the bottom of it. Yes, that's your that's your new assignment. Figure out what the hell happened to Cody Hodgson. Hey, Jeff, uh, you tweeted about him today. What's going on with Ilya Mikheyev? Uh, he's putting up Cody Hodgson numbers lately. Yeah, but he's back in Chicago, so he's feeling it. The vibes, United Center, good times. Uh, that's the last place he scored a goal, by the way, 21 games ago, December 17th. I remember it uh, because he hasn't scored since and really hasn't looked threatening. And I think that's the bigger issue now for me. He's dropped in the lineup. Uh, the expectations aren't the same, although he's still clinging to second unit power play time. And we saw the second unit get flipped out there and uh, actually logged a fair bit of minutes in, in Washington uh, you know, with nothing to show for their efforts. Um that shot, like, I don't even know what his next goal looks like right now because you talk about a guy that, you know, he's not using his speed. He's not forceful on the forecheck. But in those moments where he's been in shooting positions, the times where he hasn't passed off a shot because he doesn't look confident, the few times he's put pucks on the net, there's just nothing on that shot right now. And so I honestly, like, I don't know it, one of those, maybe it's going to take a puck that hits him and goes in, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it's disappointing to see a guy fall that far, sort of that fast. Uh, and I think Rick Tockett eventually realized he had no choice but to move him out of the top six, give Nils Hoaglander opportunity. Great to see Nils Hoaglander make the most of it. But, you know, look, McCann doesn't hurt you defensively, and so he's going to stay in the lineup. Like, I see people howling for him to come out. Uh, I'm fine with him playing ahead of Sam Lafferty right now. But if this team is going to make noise in the playoffs, I mean, they need everybody pulling in the right direction and you can't say that about Ilya Mikheyev that uh, there's just no bottom line there's really like no takeaways to his game right now and it's it's confusing like it's gone on too long that you would have liked to have thought that you know the message would get through and you'd see some sort of uptick in his game but it's just not there but again uh this is more about the collective and they're finding ways to win and they haven't needed his offense and so if he starts hurting them defensively that's a different conversation but um, you know, if he's parked on the fourth line, uh, I have no real issues with him being in the lineup. But again, this comes back to the fact that right now, uh, fully healthy among their forward group and Rick Tockett's got some options and he's talked about internal competition. And so, you know, Lafferty didn't play the last two games. I don't know if they're going to tinker with a winning lineup or if they're going to come back with the same 12 forwards and Sam Lafferty's going to have to sit again. But uh, that's a good problem for a coach to have to sort of keep all of those guys lower in the lineup. Uh, motivated and, and you know hopefully battling for the rice time. J-Pat, what did you make of Hoaglander elevating into the top six on that Pedersen line? And as a follow-up to that, would you, as for the third member of that line, would you stick with Suter or maybe now that you've at you found some chemistry between Pedersen and Hoaglander, maybe put Lindholm in that spot, perhaps that gives him a spark? Yeah, and I heard you guys talking about the fact that Irfan Giffar tweeted that out, and Irf's pretty plugged in, and he had the information the other day that uh, Lindholm was going to play with JT Miller. So when I saw his tweet, I assume that that's coming from somewhere of knowledge, and I'm expecting that we're going to see the three suites together, and I'm, I'm down with that. I, I think uh, I was surprised that they moved Lindholm away from Pedersen after just two games. Uh, there didn't seem to be a huge fit there with Miller and Besser, and I don't think Miller and Besser are playing their best hockey right now you know, Brock stuck on 30 and hasn't scored since the Hattrick game at home against Columbus. And that kind of is quiet just because he got to 30 and nobody's freaking out, but it's time for Brock to start putting some pucks back in the net as well. And I think uh, Pia Suter has shown that, you know, he can seamlessly fit wherever they play him. And there's been some chemistry on that line. So if it is the three sweets tonight, I'm all for it. And 
Look, I, I think you saw. I mean, the goal in Washington was an indication of Hoaglander reading off Pedersen. You know, a little crisscross just inside the line, takes the pass, and and then you see his skill take over from there. And, I mean, that was a sweet backhand from in tight up under the bar, and that's a big-time goal and for him to score in back-to-back games now. Fourth time this year, by the way, that Hoaglander has scored in consecutive games. So when he gets one, he generally gets another, and we'll see if he can extend that streak. But uh, I just like – I mean, I like the hustle – uh, we've seen it from him all season long, and we know that there's enough offense in his game. I mean, it's wild to think that this guy's up to 16 goals now. was looking at this over the weekend. Uh, nobody in the National Hockey League has scored more than 13 goals without a single power play point, and he's at 16. So, like, he's in a league of his own in that regard that all of his offense has come at even strength. Beyond that, he's doing it at 11 minutes a night. There are two guys in the National Hockey League that have scored 15 goals this year, averaging 11 minutes. Michael Carconi, the former uh, Utica Comet and Canuck farmhand, is one. And his goal totals have dropped considerably. Like, he got off to a great start in Arizona and has gone ice cold. Uh, But there's two guys. 11 minutes of ice time. So this always comes back to, I mean, when I used to do my do-something thing, it it sort of stemmed from, I don't care if you're getting six minutes or eight minutes. Like It's not an excuse. If you're getting 11 minutes of ice time, Niels Hoaglander is showing that you can absolutely leave your fingerprints all over a hockey game. And so... That's why like, when a guy like McKay has gone 21 without scoring and some of these other guys that have gone a little too quiet, like look at Hoaglander and be inspired and think, man, like this guy's doing it. I, I should be able to do it with the opportunities I'm getting as well. So uh, I've liked just about everything I've seen from Hoaglander this year. You know, there's penalties along the way that you kind of cringe and you think, uh oh, you know, is that going to be enough of an undoing that the coach will see the penalties and not the the goals that you've scored? And there are still going to be issues. Like, I don't expect to see him constantly uh, protecting a one-goal lead late in games or other guys. And and if that's a decision the coach makes, I'm okay with that. But, you know, I, I think that he's earned a little bit of a leash here now with his offensive production that if there's a penalty along the way, you know, that can't be enough for a benching. Like, you've got to keep him out there, keep him doing his thing, because ultimately – uh, good things generally are happening when Niels Hoaglander's out there. And I like the idea that, you know, a guy that scored 16 goals in mean, the first 14, essentially, without uh, Elias Pettersson. But what if playing with Pettersson unlocks this guy? Like, he's on pace for 25 right now, uh, playing primarily with fourth-line players. Like, what if there is really something there with Elias Pettersson? So that excites me. And I just think that, you know, for too long, Pettersson was being asked to prop up Mikheyev. It wasn't happening. They make a switch, you know, look, first two games, Pedersen's winger cashes in twice. So hopefully that breathes a little bit of life into uh, Elias Pedersen as well. I love it, Jeff. I love it. And uh, you uh, you mentioned mistakes. If there's any good team to make mistakes against, it's probably Chicago. But they're not going to give Jet Wu that chance to do that tonight. He's a healthy scratch night. That surprised you at all? Like he flew out there. He's going to sit in the press box. No, Um you know, he earns his first NHL call-up. I mean, we see this all the time, that teams bring in players for insurance. Now, is there a team in the NHL that you could spot Jet Wu against? <laughs> it's the Blackhawks, sure. In fact, the Blackhawks might want to borrow him. He's probably better than half the, <laughs> the guys they're going to be icing on their blue line tonight. But he's getting an NHL paycheck. He's around. team. You know, it's unfortunate for him that there wasn't a practice as well because yesterday was a day off. So he had a morning skate. He's out there uh, with the group. But I, I think it's a nod to his performance in the American Hockey League this year. Also, the fact that so many of the blue liners that they may have turned to are injured in Abbotsford. And so uh, he had health going for him and, and that earned the call up. But uh, 
No, I'm not surprised. Like Mark Friedman played his 11 minutes the other day. It wasn't great, but that's a big ask too. If a guy hasn't played in the NHL since November the 30th, then now you're asking him to step in on back-to-back games and, you know, took a penalty, got to stay out of the penalty box, obviously, but they essentially went with five defensemen. Quinn Hughes logs 29 minutes plus uh, as Quinn Hughes is wont to do on a lot of occasions. So looks like, and again, info was hard to come by this morning, but it looks like it's going to be the same 18 skaters that they used against the Capitals. And so Jet Wu uh, on hand there, uh, you know, gets to take in the game, gets an NHL paycheck. I think there's a lot of positives here. Is he disappointed? Probably to be that close and not get his number called. But, uh, you know, the fact that uh, for a lot of years, it looked like the team had sort of turned the page on Jet Wu. So the fact that he's there and on the roster, I think uh, he has to see as, uh, you know, a reward for the good work that he's put in in Abbotsford this season. Jeff, good stuff as always. Who's on rink wide with you tonight? It was supposed to be me, but I'm not anymore. Who's on rink wide with you? Are you going to Seattle or something? Um, <laughs> you've been sent to Seattle. You didn't know it, but uh, I've got Farhan back from Super Bowl. So we'll try to keep the football talk to a minimum and uh, focus on hockey. And I'm looking forward to this. I'm always looking forward to Canuck games, but uh, you know they've beaten the Blackhawks twice, but man, they've had to work both of them. The 4-3 win at United Center. Remember that was back-to-back against, uh, they played Minnesota the day before early starts and the Blackhawks outshot them 10 nothing to start that game like that kind of slapped the Canucks in the face and they ended up scoring and needed an Ilya Mikheyev goal that afternoon uh the two nothing win at home they got off to a nice start were up to and then kind of put it in cruise control but yeah I mean the Blackhawks don't give you much Peter Morazic has a 9-10 save percentage behind that team like give that guy his flowers for you know he knows that he's not going to get any run support and has held down the fort uh for the Blackhawks so he's made scoring on Chicago difficult uh, but man, goal scoring an issue for them. They have 14 goals in their last 12 games. Have been shut out in four of their last eight, including the two nothing loss to the Canucks. So end of a road trip, but opportunity knocking big time for the Vancouver Canucks to pick up a third win on this road trip and come home with seven of ten points. We're gonna let you go, but I gotta throw out this because I had to look up Morazic. I mean, 31 saves on 33 shots against the Oilers, and they lost three nothing in that game. Just can't get any run support. Peter Morazic needs to be studied. Uh, his long-term <laughs> career. It's been it's been an up-and-down career for Peter Morazic. Jeff, thank you. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys. Thanks. There's Jeff Patterson. You can check him out on Rinkwide Vancouver, wherever you get your podcast. shortly after the final horn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Jeff was brought to you by our friends, and you've heard us talk about them before, Greta. The watch party date has officially been set for February 22nd when Vancouver takes on Seattle. Tickets are on sale now for just 10 bucks with proceeds going to support Canuck Place Children's Hospice. Your ticket gets you access to the best watch party in the city, Greta's game day food and drink specials, an exclusive swag bag, and a chance to win some sweet prizes with the Canuck Place Children's Hospice raffle. Get your tickets at nationgear.ca before they sell out. And folks, they are selling fast. I was talking to... Uh, Talking to people in charge, and we're out selling Calgary. We're out selling Edmonton. Both of those markets, uh, Oilers Nation and Flames Nation, our friends over there, are having watch parties of their own. But uh, Canucks Army is out selling them so far. In the first one that we had, I heard I wasn't there. I I was in Edmonton, but I heard the first one we had was absolutely electric. And Harmon and I are going to be at this one. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Okay, what do we got here? I need to. Do another ad read. Got to tell you about another one of our sponsors, folks. And that would be HSBC World Rugby Sevens. Western Candle's largest sporting event this year is the ninth time the event has visited Vancouver as part of the World Rugby Seven series. Tickets are on sale now at vansevens.com starting from just $40 per day. And if you want to go, we've got a four-pack of tickets for the entire weekend to give away. Text hashtag sevens, that's S-E-V-E-N-S to 778-402-9680 for your chance to win we will be giving away a four-pack each week until the event. Text hashtag sevens to 778-402-9680 to enter. Okay, Harm, we're going to get to... It's not called the tune-up anymore. We've changed the name of it, folks, to Under the Hood. Harm, do you want to explain to the fine people why we have changed the name of this segment to Under the Hood, which, of course, is brought to you by Mr. Lube? Yeah, so... We started with the tune-up, and that implied something needs to be fixed and that we'd identify a part of the team or a player, a line combination, where the team maybe needs more of. But then I realized we're doing this three times a week, and if it's a tune-up, it inherently has to be something negative every time. <laughs> and I realized I don't want it to be something negative because oftentimes I'll observe something um, that I find interesting, and it's not negative. It may be positive. It may be neutral. And I just, especially because it's getting clipped on socials every time, I think it'd be pretty funny if people who don't actually listen to the whole podcast just constantly three times a week from the Canucks Army Twitter account see clips of me just like picking, splitting hairs about some part of the team or, or oh, they're allowing too many rest chances or something. Uh, so decided to go under the hood. I love it. Under the hood brought to you by Mr. Lube. Harm, what do you got for us today? Yeah, so... This is this is the nerd in me. I was I was really thinking about why um, Sam Lafferty was scratched over Nils Amon because you think back to early in the season, and of course Lafferty was playing at center, whereas Oman was in Abbotsford, and clearly there's been a shift in the totem pole there. Of course, Lafferty, we can all see, hasn't been as impactful. His minutes have been declining for a bit, even before the All Star break, closer to around the ten and a half minute mark. But what stood out about Oman's game and why I think he's stuck in the lineup ahead of Lafferty is his impact on the penalty kill. Uh, he's third among Canucks forwards in shorthanded minutes since the all-star break, and he hasn't surrendered a single goal against um, in over seven minutes on the PK in that stretch. So I imagine Rick talking to the coaching staff is was sort of looking at, okay, who do, who do we want to take out to uh, insert Di Giuseppe back in? And they're thinking, well, Lafferty's speed and physicality hasn't been as noticeable lately. They're probably 
relatively similar in terms of even strength impact, especially because Lafferty would have to shift over to center if uh, you're pulling Oman out. So then the PK impact is uh, is a significant difference because Lafferty is, doesn't play a lot play a lot on uh, the PK, and Oman's clearly found a home there. Oman has found a home there. Uh, Harm, what do you think about his line mates though? Like, are are we going to see Niels Hoglander back on the fourth line at any point, or is this going to be like a okay? Ilya McKeever needs to figure it out, and he needs to figure it out on the fourth line. I mean, Hoaglander, as long as he's producing, or not even just producing, as long as he's playing well, uh, driving positive results, helping that the top six control possession, he should stick there. Um, Mikheyev, I don't want, I don't like the idea of, oh, okay, if he continues to struggle, just shuttle him back into the top six, whether it's at the expense of Hoaglander or, or Suter. At some point, you got to earn your opportunity. This isn't, um, this isn't a, a bottom feeder team anymore. Uh, this is a team that is competing to win every single night to finish as high as possible in the standings uh, to make sure that they have home ice advantage through the playoffs or playoffs for as long as possible. So uh, McKay needs to figure it out on the fourth line. And as J Pat mentioned, Hoaglander was crushing it in fourth line role, playing 11 minutes a night um, lack of minutes or slash playing in a fourth line role. Isn't an excuse for um, making a neg- negligible impact. All right, that was Under the Hood, brought to you by Mr. Lube, the pioneer of the no-appointment warranty-approved oil change. Now providing appointment-free tire service and sales, find them at one of their 16 locations across the Lower Mainland. To find your nearest location, visit them online at mrlube.com. And folks, get those anyone else's in, because here goes Harmon telling you what time it is. By the way, before I do the DoorDash read, you tricked me. I was this was supposed to be a fully positive under the hood, and then you fire up a follow up about Ilya McCam, and, and I have no choice but to but to point out that he hasn't been playing very well. You you, you still you still want the tune up? Um, we have we have been we we decided to change the name of Kron making a point. A tune up doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like you go get a tune up for your car, doesn't have to be a negative thing. But in the context where we were using it. It was coming across as negative. So under the hood, under the hood is a much better name. And yes, I'm sorry, I still had to ask you about uh, Ilya Mikheyev there. Okay, it's time for anyone else presented by DoorDash. It's our listeners' chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listeners' chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code Nation25. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. Okay. What do we got in anyone else? There was one thing that I saw in here. Yeah, Captain Canuck. Get your anyone else's in, folks. We need some more. Captain Canuck said this. What do you guys think about running the lotto line and having Lindholm, Hoaglander, and Suter together? I think if you're going to have the lotto line, that's probably the combination you're going to want to go with, right? I just, like, you're going to need to see Nils Hoaglander continue to have this success. You're going to... Dare I say you're going to need to see more from Elias Lindholm before you throw that line together? It's only been four games, but we we were talking about it earlier in the show. I think you need to see a little bit more from Elias Lindholm before you make a jump like that. I think what we're expecting to see tonight with the All-Swedes line, I think that's the way to go, although we did see some people in the chat earlier saying uh, you got to get the lotto line back together. What do you think about this? Yeah, I'm not fully confident that you're going to unlock the best version of Lindholm if he's expected to be the best player on a line again going back to watching him in calgary he just doesn't have the dynamic pop and we've even seen it in the four games since he's come to vancouver where 
it's not as if he's super noticeable on a shift by shift basis. It's not like he's a dynamic puck transporter or that he's driving a lot of scoring chances by himself. And I want to see him continue to get a shot with sort of in a role where he's not the best player on the line so that he can be a supporting top six piece and be more of a, of a finisher and in a solid two way um, presence before he's expected to drive his own line. I mean, look, if you continue to run into uh, problems, if you aren't finding the perfect top six fit at some point, yeah, a lot of lines and an option to go back to, but especially now that Hoaglander and Pedersen have found some chemistry, why break that up too? Right. I mean, you're, if you do that to Elias Lindholm, you're basically saying, hey, Elias, we know you hated what was going on in Calgary, but here's basically what was happening in Calgary. We're going to do it to you all over again. Uh, I should also mention, we've got it pinned in the YouTube live chat, folks. Uh, the link to go buy your ticket for the watch party on, the fe- on February 22nd. Uh, you can click that link in the YouTube live chat. It's at the top. It's pinned. Uh, go get your ticket. Nationgear.ca. Okay, now we've got a lot here. I like this one from Sinocheck. Which Canuck is the most likely to pull a gritty after scoring a game-winning goal? I'm going to say Nils Huglander. Yeah, okay. can we also answer who's 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 least likely to pull out a gritty who would never do it? Can you guess who we're going to go with? JT Miller? Yeah. <laughs> I can only Rock imagine. Besser. Brock Besser? Yeah. Bro- Brock Besser might even be more unlikely than JT Miller. Yeah, but I'm just saying this. I bet you that if a Canuck ever pulled out the gritty JT Miller would 100% chirp that guy for ages about it like he would not (laughs) he would not let up um so yeah I think that's a pretty strong deterrent for for a Canuck to not do it is knowing that you're you're going to get crap from Miller for a long time uh most likely um if I had to pick somebody else I mean Dakota Joshua is getting some love in the YouTube chat yeah, I was gonna say Joshua. He he gets hyped up after some of his goals. I, I mean, it's not that his goal celebrations are particularly unique, but you see how jacked up and how how fired up he gets. Yeah, I'd go with Joshua as another candidate. I'm gonna say Thatcher Demko if he never met Patrick Waugh. If, he, if Patrick <laughs> Waugh and him never met, I think Thatcher Demko might be a candidate after a after a shutout or after a win. Uh, okay, let's go here. Uh, Lisa Martin. Long-time listener of the show. Long-time listener. Lisa Martin said, going to the Abbotsford Canucks game on 420. Nice. Any suggestions on places to eat first? It is my first time in Abbotsford. I'll tell you that if Chris Faber was still on this show, he would be screaming at you to go to Broder's, Lisa. And Faber and I went to Broder's last week when we went to the Abbotsford game. It was good. It was good stuff. Broder's was good. So I'm going to tell you that you got to go check out uh, Broder's. Captain Canuck. This one I'll throw to you, Harm. He said, Hughes and Hironic need to skate the puck up the ice more. Uh, That's what he said, and I'll throw it to you, but I have to agree with him. I feel like I've noticed less them carrying the puck up the ice. Like It feels like they're making that pass a lot quicker than they were before. Yeah, well, Hironic's never been a dynamic puck rusher in the first place. That's not really how he's created a lot of exits. And if anything, in the Boston game, for example, I thought he was more dynamic than usual rushing the puck up. He had a couple of solo dashes from the defensive zone all the way for a clean offensive zone entry. So I don't think the, I don't think you can expect a lot more from Heronic in that perspective. Um, maybe from Hughes. Yeah. I, I think since the all-star break, he's played well, but he hasn't been as sharp as elite as he has been. I think at earlier parts of the season, it's not a problem by any stretch of the imagination. But he's got a little bit more to give there, I think. Even in the offensive zone, I think a couple times 
when he's been walking the blue line, he's given the puck away and not that it's led to any scoring chances against, but we never see Quinn Hughes lose the puck in, in the offensive zone. And I, I think it's happened a couple of times, whether it's been shots that don't get through or just bobbling the puck a little bit. Uh, he, there's a little, there's another level for him, for him to reach based off how well he was playing earlier in the year. Ty David's asking if Tockett would be upset if a Canuck pulled a gritty. I'm going to say no. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Like Tockett doesn't seem to get, and Wyatt Arndt wrote a really good piece on this over at Canucks army, but Rick Tockett is like, yes, he's an old school coach. He played in a different era, of course, but like he understands coaching in this day and age. Like he's not like, he wouldn't get upset about it. I don't think like, I just, I don't think he'd get upset. That's just my opinion. I don't think Tockett would get upset. I think Tockett's like cool dad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I genuinely don't know how he would feel. I think we have something to ask when they get home, <laughs> when they return from this road trip. We'll pull him aside, just ask him and find out the answer. Uh, okay, this one I'll throw to you, Harm. Wallach said, could Hoaglander develop into a line driver this season for Elias Lindholm? I'm going to say that's a big ask. Yeah, it's it's a ton to ask for, especially on a night by night basis, because that's what it takes if you're going to be a, a top six player that sticks there. And, and it's a huge jump, right? Because keep in mind that Hoaglander's played 11 minutes a night um, for most of uh, this season. It'd be a lot to ask for. Look, I think Hoaglander has shown that he has potential to be a complimentary top six player. And, and I do think he has play driving elements to his game with how ferocious he is on the four check, how many pucks he wins back, the overall speed that he plays with, how he can control the puck below the offensive dots on the cycle. But to expect him to do it on an every game basis is probably a lot to, to ask for at this point um, in his career this season. Man, this gritty question, a lot, a lot of people jumping in. Hey, Harm, Thursday, Detroit's back in town, so we're going to talk about grittying again next week. Uh, Jeremy Lee said, talk it isn't a hard ass like Patrick Waugh or Mike Babcock. I think that's what I was trying to get at. He's not like he's an old school coach, but he's not yeah. like John Tortorella. He's not like that type of coach. He's not. Um, and then Captain Canuck, he definitely would be upset about it. He'd be like, who are we to gritty? Yeah, well, right. Isn't that a good point? It is a good point. I like it though. Uh, and then Nick P, 1990 talk, it would have beat the piss out of someone doing <laughs> after beating his team. That's a fair point. That is a very, very. But fair okay, point. what one thing, and I think Wide aren't uh, tweeted something out in a similar vein. But it's funny how hockey players are so tough physically, right? They'll play through anything, like broken legs, like some of the injuries that you here at the end of, uh, of of a playoff run where it's like you think a guy's oh maybe he's playing through a little bit and then it's like yeah this guy had a broken lay broken ribs <laughs> a punctured lung a separated shoulder so it's like they have they're that tough and yet they're potentially so sensitive that the gritty is something that oh no he did a gritty after he scored an overtime winner we have to jump him like come on let, let's let's bring some fun into the nhl no, disagree. Beat the piss out of him. I'm, okay, I'm, look, I'm ready was, for Thursday. <laughs> if it was if it was just a standard goal, right? It's like a second or third period goal, then okay, sure. It's like that's that that's a bit much. But it's an overtime game winner. Right? Just 
don't let him score an overtime game winner. He's a defenseman. It's it's an overtime winner in February though. Like it, it's in, it's in February. It, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I don't know. Okay, put it this way: If Hoaglander did it, or or Joshua did it for an overtime winner, I I highly doubt Canucks fans would be ripping into them, especially if it was Hoaglander, just because he's a very lovable personality. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yep, I'll 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 concede to that. I'll concede. I still think I still think a lot of people out there talking about some sort of reaction on Thursday. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. look, I I believe you that there's a possibility of that happening. I just don't think you'd need to send a message personally. Uh, but also my opinion doesn't really matter. Uh, in terms Have of some pride. Do. Have some pride. You're the top team in the NHL. Don't let that happen in your barn. It's about respect, Harm. Just That's what Nar said. <laughs> Nar said it's about respect, Harm. There could be uh, some bloodbath in that game. You think of the Ian Cole to Brinkett fight. Maybe some guys on Detroit didn't like... Although Debrinket went at Cole, so maybe Debrinket will go at him again. They'll go yeah, around you got the Zadorov thing, and then of course the gritty. So could there be some uh, bad blood? We will gonna see. Gonna be a good one. Gonna be a good one. Uh, Nick P. For the record, I don't have an issue with celebrations. If you don't like celebrations, win the game. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. But over the top celebrations like the gritty, I don't know. Just okay. Here's the best way to to. Here's the best way to inflict some pain on the Red Wings, okay? They're in the middle of a playoff race where every point is do or die. Pummel them. Like, be- beat the wheels off them for nothing. Like, don't give them anything. Just completely dishearten them. That's the best revenge you can get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, like from the, just like quickly, just like from the Sedin era, when they would take a lot of punishment, how would they go out and get payback? They would go and score on the power play. Sometimes that's just the best way to do it i want to make you a deal harm if uh if there's any response to wallman specifically okay specifically i'll do the gritty on the show on friday oh, in really? the studio oh. i'll do i'll do the gritty if there's any response <laughs> if there's a response from the canucks to wallman about that or if this becomes an actual thing because remember people have to remember i'm always for the funniest possible outcome happening the funniest outcome is jt miller taking exception to Wallman hitting the gritty. That's the funniest outcome. That's the outcome I'm rooting for. Uh, if it happens, I will do the gritty on Friday because I didn't know what it was yesterday. I was watching, I uh, was watching a YouTube tutorial on how to do it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you what, man, I'm hoping by the 22nd, I'm hoping to have the moves uh, for the, uh, for the Greta event. And people are saying, clip it. It's happening. It's happening. And yes, Nuckhead is asking, uh, do these live shows get uploaded to Spotify and Apple music and podcast form? Yes, they do. A lot of people listening to this will be listening on podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, and check us out live Monday to Friday at 2 PM on the Canucks army YouTube channel. But folks, if you missed the start of the show or you missed any of the show, you can watch the replay on the YouTube channel, or you can get it conveniently wherever you get your podcast. And yes, we will upload it to all platforms. Uh, me doing the gritty on Friday if there's uh, some sort of response on Thursday to Jake Wallman's gritty. Uh, okay, Harmon, do you have anything else you wanted to get to before we get to Betway and get out of here? Uh, no, I'm uh, all good. You're looking forward to me doing the gritty. I, yes. Look, you, see, now you're hoping there's a response too. Look I am. I did. That's right. All right, uh, let's get to our Betway bet of the day brought to you by our friends at, you guessed it, Betway.
There it is. Look at that bet, Harm. Oh, let's Neil go. Neil Toglander to score any time at plus 350 odds. That's value right there, folks. A $10 bet returns you $45 over at Betway. Must be 90 plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. All right. We'll close it out there. For my co-host, Harmon Dow, and our technical producer, Grady Sass, our thanks to Jeff Patterson for joining us on today's show. Make sure you check out Rinkwide, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads brought to you by the Toyota BZ4X. The BZ4X's fresh look is just an added bonus to its range since you can drive up to 406 kilometers on a single charge. That's enough to get you from Kitsilano to Whistler or Kamloops to Kelowna and back and still be home in time for the game. Now that's what we'd call electric. The best part, by choosing electric, you can get up to $11,000 in rebates and incentives The BZ4X are in stock and selling quickly, so make sure to visit shoptoyota.ca or your local Pacific Toyota dealer to get your hands on one. Canucks Conversation is live Monday through Friday, every weekday at 2 p.m. over on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. Make sure you like, subscribe, and interact in the YouTube live chat every day with us, folks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 